So that wasn't stressful, Pete? Nah, not at all, Pete. Oh, like, I mean, nothing will ever seem stressful after that last 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> the biggest hotel I've ever been to in my life. Kids overwhelmed, don't know how to act. Lauren's overwhelmed. Just, and then, obviously going to do the podcast, which I thought <laughs> would be, you know, straightforward and simple. Then, oh, we need to get milk for the baby, get up to the room. I was like, I'll just do the, usually I like to do the podcast in like a bar or a lively setting. So I was like, uh, tonight I'm just going to do it in the room. It's fine. I'll just roll with it. Uh, then the internet wouldn't work. And then I was like, right, I'm going to have to go downstairs in case the internet works downstairs. doesn't. So here I am with 4G. But it's working great. So yeah, um, basically for the listeners to give a bit of context, <laughs> me and the family have just traveled to Antalya, Ned and David's favorite place in the world. Antalya. Uh, for a family Antalya. holiday. Yeah. Oh, Pete. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you for the effort that you're putting in. Because at the moment, like, it's half past half past ten local time, yeah. isn't it? So it's pretty late. It's yeah. late, but it's good because if you're traveling on a holiday, if you're going on a holiday with kids or a family, it's perfect because it's only, like, half eight in the UK. So, yeah. you know, when you're at dinner, if you go for dinner at seven, which is usually quite a stressful time for families at an all-inclusive restaurant, um, it's actually only five o'clock for the kids and then the same with the morning so if the kids wake up at nine you could actually get up at seven which isn't even that early and have two hours like without the kids you know (laughs) (laughs) parent logic yeah oh the best of times but Pete before we move on because I think this is actually it's not been so long since we spoke and you've you've been on the the trip since because obviously this is all about the big birthday and the family trip but there was a great sporting event between then and now there was um, yeah like talking about seriously. the gravel world or Lombardia or the city game I was out on Saturday or the marathon no, that I did the, the half, half marathon oh right the half marathon yeah oh. you hidden treasure it's like <sighs> well it's not we know this though this yeah. isn't a surprise is it Pete's really fast at running Pete how fast did you run uh, so off no training I did uh, 4k with my mum three days ago that was the only one I did in the last two weeks. I did a 123. Um, but there's more to the story than 123 that. 123 half marathon, that's good. But I can also tell you, but also, I just so, and this is not um, kind of that frivolous, that, how do you call it when people just pretend they haven't been, I know you haven't been training. Oh, quite the opposite. I, can <laughs> I had 10 pints yeah. at the City game the day before. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, my mum wanted to do it for a 60th. And she wanted to run under two hours, and I said, you know what, I'll go, because I don't want my mum going to the start on her own and going through the whole process on her own. Um, we lost a family member, a really close family member on Monday, so she's very, well, we're all very emotional. And um, it was really strange, because on the train to the half marathon, um, and I was a little bit hungover, but I really felt really anxious for no reason at all. I felt like I was going to be sick. I felt like I was going to faint. I was struggling to breathe. And my mum just kept talking, would not stop talking about everything, um, all sorts. And in my head, I was like, I can't tell my mum how I'm feeling because I don't want her to be worried going to the start of her off marathon. But at the same time, I just needed her to stop talking. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how my day started. So you were in, so you were in, so you were in full pre-race anxiety. It was, it was awful. And then, but then when I got into the marathon, I realised when I was suffering... Because also there was that many people, I just rode it like a bike race. I just got on a wheel and just I went into like a different world where I was feeling suffering, but I was really relaxed. And I was like, this is the most relaxed I've felt in probably three years. 
that's exactly what happened to me at the New York Marathon as well. It's like you just kind of, you get, you, you go through all the tension beforehand. It's so funny you were going there to support your mum, then you were just like, you entered into racer mode. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, there's a start line coming up. I can't, I can't control my body and my mind. This is all getting weird. Yeah. Then you enter the race, and it's just like, tzz, Oh. And it was just like peace. <laughs> it was out. like so. It was the most yeah. tranquil. I felt people like loads of people on the start. Like eleven thousand. Um, no, one thousand. Yeah, one eleven hundred people did it. Guys doing all sorts of crazy warm ups. I'm just sat there, stood there, thinking like, what is going on? Do you know what I mean? Like you've never seen anything like the start of. Well, you have guys because you've done it. The warm up routines are nuts. On it's like being in a oh, rave in the insane. middle of the day with no music, with all these like mad warm up dances and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first the first marathon I did was a London one and I remember I remember all these average runners like me I remember at the start line for about an hour before the start they were just jogging up and down to warm up and I'm thinking what are you doing what are you going to be doing for the next five hours other than that that's just like it's nuts isn't it it's like a rave in the middle of the day so true yeah oh it's like guys it's, this is going to be it's going to take a while you've got time to warm up in the event oh, it's yeah. like just start slow yeah. don't worry that's it'll catch time, up with though. you Pete that's a really good time yeah that's well, really it is time. I'm what, impressed whatever happened to your triathlon ambition oh back in the so day? you had some well, early doors I mean yeah. how long how long, what, how long have we got it sounds like he's got news usually we have an hour for <laughs> the podcast but I mean um, <laughs> so um, COVID I mean I, I sound like an under 23 now looking for a for a contract don't I but um, <laughs> I was <laughs> so, no Swear down. I went to I went to Gran Canaria, two thousand and nineteen. Training, swimming, like really, like four hours on the bike, four k in the pool, straight off the bike into a ten k run. Really starting to like get the grip, get to grips with the training and the swimming. There's a lot to learn. And um, we went home, and it was lockdown. And I was like, well, I can't. Like I wasn't getting paid. I was literally just doing it. It was like almost a, a way to process retirement, I guess, because you can't just go from s- like like doing like doing this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and then I, I got home and it was it was all locked down and I was like, I I can't. There's just not enough reason for me to be training. Basically, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And then that was it. Then, but up until that point, I was yeah, I was on the path, Kona bound. You're on the path. You'd have been. I tell you what. You, you'd have. I mean, this idea. You could have won the Tour de France. You could have won Kona. Could have, would have, should have, Pete. Yeah. Just let yourself down. Could have, would have, should. Fine. <laughs> could have, would have, should. You went to see. You went to see the man. You went to see Man City against who? Southampton. Like, okay. And um. How was that? Uh, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Took the boys. My wife. Four nil. Four nil. Didn't even play that well. Still won four nil. Um. Okay. And then what? Wait, wait. Are you a Man City fan? Look at the colours. Look yeah. at what he's I wearing. Know. He's wearing a full. Well, I, I was wondering whether my eyes were. It's a bit pixelated. I've got this. So, so just thing, just to put in context yeah. for got the, the trading jacket on. You sent you sent us this brilliant picture of you arriving in Italia outside the airport. You can attach it to the notes. Welcome to. We'll attach it to the notes. Fuck. Might even put it on, on, it on the gram or in, on Twitter. Yeah. And you're yeah. out. Yeah. You're yeah. outside. Welcome to Italian. Huge letters behind you. And you literally look like the most cliche, stylish yeah. English human in the world. You've got your yeah. Celine bucket hat on. You've got your, your, Man, C- you got your Man City, nice oversized, yeah. tracky top. You've got a purple 
no doubt off white or something t-shirt obey your board Skate. yeah obey yeah there you go and then you got your tube socks you're kind of we could, didn't get that far enough but you were traveling in shorts on the plane obviously nice. yeah very english yeah well yeah, yeah. Committed. I, I mean i've never seen just to pick you up on that david i've never seen any other nationality other than british people wear shorts on true, airplanes true that like it's just a, it's a british well, thing isn't it it's my dad british, said like, you look like you're going to benedorm yeah. i said no dad i'm going to bloody turkey you idiot <laughs> <laughs> what's the difference good point <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> may as well be <laughs> <laughs> um, so, then, so then, to sorry, I'll finish my story and then we can get off yeah. off my life and onto yours and Ned's. Yeah. Um, so then we met Mario yeah. Profundi, um, who used to work for British Cycling a little bit back in 2009 and 10. David, you might have came across. Louis. I'm not sure. Luigi. Yeah, Louis. Oh, Louis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, he <laughs> worked. Shane Sutton used to call. Oh, Louis. Yeah, yeah. And then he. Um, now what is that a thing that uh, can I ask you about that, guys? Or is that no? Just Louis means like him or he or him, him in Italian. Him. So it was a like Louis. Yeah, so Louis. Louis. Um, Louis. He, so he just, oh, Louis. Yeah, Louis. No, Louis. So he's worked. So I just stuck at it. He's worked for City yeah. since, and it's a big move for an Italian, quite <laughs> south of Italy, to move his whole family to Manchester up roots. So he's worked for City for the last. Yeah. Almost ten years now. Met his son, showed wow. us around the training ground, got to see all the players' boots that had oh, just wow. arrived, all the wow. complex, seen everything. We, he was ringing the doorbell to go for the gate, and they said, "Mario, who's with you?" And he says, "Ah, it's my family." Yeah, it's my family. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it for, yeah, it's great. I mean, great to meet him. Great story. And they said, "So you know, how you think you're going to work with the big players when he first arrived?" And he said to them, "I've worked with Bradley Wiggins. After that, anything is easy." <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of cool as well because Man City is literally you were there from the days when because the, the British cycling the Manchester Velodrome is opposite the Man City it ground is, yeah. and then it's over the years since we were going there since you were a kid that's become this huge compact Com- oh, it's like, insane it's just like spread across it's taken over that whole kind of kilometres of space now I basically guess. Like, it's wild but it's like so when since you were going to Manchester Velodrome turned up as a kid, Pete. Yeah, it was just you know you had just the stadium. Well, it was the Commonwealth Game Stadium, wasn't yeah. it originally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had Thomas Heatherwick's B for the Bang, where a bit fell off, and they had it kind of roped off for ages. I still remember that. That was like <laughs> early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of amazing how much it's changed. That's yeah. super cool. And it's it Pep Guardiola, cool. who's Catalan, and the whole board is kind of half Catalan as well. I mean, he's I'm he's an absolute you. machine, and for what Mario says, he seems like uh, just a different different kettle of fish. But what what I said to Lauren was amazing about Mario is I worked for Mario with one year in Team Sky and one year in on the under twenty three team. And what other Swanee would you message and say, "Oh, Mario, I'm coming to the City game," and who would meet you outside? It's quite quite unique, isn't it? And it shows his character. Louis, I mean, absolute legend. Yeah. So yeah, that was my weekend, yeah. guys. What have you been up to? <laughs> Very good. That's well, good. I, I've been, I've, I've been. Well, you know exactly. What oh I yeah, we do actually because of partly I've been. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, been going on about it, haven't I? So I've done two shows. I had a day off today. I've been down in the West Country, down in Devon, show one in, in, in Plymouth, which went really well, and show two in the depths of Cornwall. And I was really worried yesterday that um, no one would come. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Sunday night, and it was like out in the sticks in the middle of no beautiful little town, but tiny town called Launceston. 
and um, it was pretty much sold out. So it's been kind of banging, actually. It's been great. Jesus, and so I get, I, I'm, I'm chuffed. I'm really chuffed. I like, I like our listenership. I like the cycling public. I like the way. I just feel massively grateful to the way that my work over 15, 20 years and its various different guises has been received. And um, it's just, it's quite, it's literally quite humbling to feel how this tour is gaining momentum. And do you know what's really weird? I was saying to David when we were just waiting for you to get your 4G connection, Pete, is that, um, so at the end of the show, I answer all these questions that, that in the interval people have placed in a hat. They, they scribble all the questions down and I, I literally answer all of them. I'll read all of them out and answer them. And like, 10% of the questions are quite specifically never strays far questions. They're like, they're like uh, real in-jokes, which are quite difficult to deal with because I'm very conscious of, in a big audience, like 90% of the people have got absolutely no idea ah, what I might be talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's not a massive... Cro- so it'd be nice if all my audience was never strays far listeners, but um, it's also great that like, never strays far listeners are coming to see the show, and I, I really appreciate that. It's been brilliant. Lovely part of the world, amazing bike, done a bit of bike riding and it's been sunny and it's been glorious and I've done a whole load of work that has now come to an end. I was telling David, I've finished off all my writing for the road book, I've finished my commentary for the year, I've written a show that I know works and I'm just going to enjoy this run for the next five weeks and then I'll have a few months off. So I'm I'm good, thanks Pete, I'm really good. What have you been up to, David? I've been, um, I rode my bike this weekend, which was good. Oh my god! I know. Yeah, I rode a bike with Nicole uh, on Saturday morning. Which bike? Which bike? I did my you road have a bike, bike first. You have a road bike. Saturday have morning, a time so it's raining, and we need to do a photo shoot for some Chapter Three Autumn Winter stuff that's coming out. And then yeah. on then today, because I went in uh, yesterday, yesterday's Sunday, to meet Nicole. So it was a South African group who were uh, in drone, actually from UK, South African. Uh, I said meet them, take them to the studio. So I drove in. Uh, then met Nicole who'd ridden in with them then went for lunch with them then went to the car and realised I'd lost my car key and you know me I kind of sometimes lose things so you're both nodding you're both nodding probably the only yeah. thing we have in common actually. Yeah. That's true. so my um, so my beloved Berlingo we lose, we lose. <laughs> so, oh, so my beloved Berlingo but this is, this is where it's really stressful so I was go- went down to the car park and I was, <laughs> and I was commentating and I was gonna, had to get <laughs> shush Pete, Pete David's telling a story I had to get home because I was going to I was going to take Archie oh and I took Archie to a mountain bike race uh, the day before which was good as well so I hadn't done that before Excellent. his first mountain bike race which he actually how did he do how did he do did he, he win he got second it was just a local That's thing but really it's the first time he's actually tried he actually was serious I mean you should have seen him he was like he had eye of the tiger fire in his eyes I mean it's a bunch of kids yeah, and it was just like all of a sudden he's never actually engaged with it, and he's 11. Yeah. And it was a, just a super local thing, but it was so exciting to see him actually care. And he's never cared about it before, so that yeah. was really cool. Um, and then, anyway, so then the next, then I did this thing in Drona, went to get my car because I had to get home to then take Archie to this Comic Con in Drona. And uh, couldn't find my car keys, so got a taxi, went there. And then the feeling gets better. So then this morning I was like, oh, I'm going to ride with Archie to school and then I'll carry on go back to Drona because i got the spare try not to break your collarbone try not to break my collarbone don't get this wrong yep. got yeah. there <laughs> and and I was like cool got time the spare trial. key that's all good and time trial did my whole day at the studio then went to pick up the car uh, from the car park and I was like got the spare key it's going to be joy got there the key didn't work and I was like what 
is the key from my old Berlingo. And so, oh, you've had a nightmare. So where's the, yeah, where's so the old, but where is that old one? I, that one got crashed and written off, sadly. So, um, <laughs> okay. But what do you mean it got crashed? I crashed it. Is there a story? You crashed it? Or <laughs> oh, okay. There's uh, a, who crashed it? Yeah. <laughs> Can you say who crashed it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a good story. It's not for the but, part. Okay, um, okay. We're go <laughs> but uh, so yeah, the long and the short of it was, I was with my mountain bike, and I was I then had to hammer home, uh, and I was like, in in Confidus. normal clothes, the clothes I'm wearing now, I haven't showered yeah. yet, and I was in full Pete time trial mode, and I have, and I was and I was gone. <laughs> I don't even time myself. Because I had to get to him where it was tennis, and then we were going to ride back to him. And it was like 25 minutes. Did it. And I, was in, I went into full TT mode. How long was and it? I was, Love and it. I haven't... Uh, it was like 15 Ks. Decent. For, yeah. And it was kind of on my mountain bike on tarmac. Yeah. So I, like, I mean, we're not making excuses. But it was like do you tractor. Know not making you know excuses. what I love about this, David? It was, like, I, I, it was hard. I love this story so much because I've, I've witnessed you doing full time trial mode yeah. over the last six or seven years. Quite often, mm. actually. Like five, six years. But they've all they've always been because you're late for something. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I love the fact that you've actually managed to take elements of your elite athlete's career and sort of like build them into your everyday life to rescue shit that's gone wrong. It's the same. <laughs> like that. But so it's like, and I wanted a full, full time trial mode. You know, that one time when we were late going into Luchon when you went right time trial, you know, and, and yeah. uh, it was just so funny. I think it was the first time you did it for work. <laughs> yeah. Not be- not because that's your work, but you're doing time trial mode to get to your work in time. It's I insane. Think it's like that restaurant that you mentioned that we went to with Lizzie um, on the last pod, uh, off the bottom. Yeah. Was it bottom, bottom of Alpes Bourgdoison. Oh, bottom and, of and he yeah. went into time trial zone that day for no oh, reason. I've got a story about that. And yeah. I was like, yeah. couldn't speak to him. For yeah, he did. Yeah, sweating. I was like, what are you doing? No word. And it's like he just yeah time it, trial. It's just like a weird kind of. It goes into this mental weird state, doesn't it? I loved it. I was like full yeah. breathing. I haven't breathed that so hard in a long time today. And I was just like, oh, it's amazing. And there were moments actually, and I was tucking up my mountain, I up on my mountain bike. And of I course w- you were, Dan. Of course you were. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, this is, this is really nice. Mm, feels like just felt normal. Into it. Yeah. Felt normal. Tranquil. Yeah, I was going really hard. And I was like, this so is, I must look like a clown. They're called endorphins, yeah. by There's the way. There's a bit. Natural ones. Oh, yeah. Nice. Pete, Pete the, um, you know that restaurant you were talking about there that we all went to? It was a really, yeah, yeah so we talked about it last oh time on the pod, didn't we, with the, bad, <laughs> with the bad salad and all that sort of thing. But anyway, um, that little moment, it's only an incidental thing in my show, but I talk about, because I've got this, you know, I think David filmed it actually and put it on our WhatsApp group. You know, you took some shots of Lizzie descending off up to Wes. You know, with with like eight and a half months pregnant mm. on the Brompton and all that sort of thing, and right towards the end of the show, I talk about I talk about how what an amazing Tour de France it was and how some of the standout memories. And I briefly reference that that restaurant and how we all sat there and just had a chat and the race was you know mm. kind of so engaging. And anyway, I do at the end of the show I do a little meet and greet. And last night at last night's show. I'm sort of like signing books and sort of posing for photos and all that sort of thing. And then at the end, at, like, almost at the end of the queue, this guy comes up to me and goes, you know, that restaurant that you talked about, we were at the table next door. No. <laughs> no way. And I, va- I had some vague memory of, like, I remember you, there were some other people who came over and asked us for a picture, weren't there? Mm. But there was another sort of older couple or two or three, anyway. Yeah. So that was just the weirdest coincidence. He literally had been to see my show last huh. night. 
Right. Oh, yeah. Within 48 hours. So, um, <laughs> back to the race. We were having a bit of a... Back to the racing. Uh, race? We had a bit of a controversial point uh, regarding our opinion on gravel racing. Oh, right, gravel. yeah. I mean, we can go to Lombardia, but, I mean, there's nothing to say about Harry Pogaccia. Oh, can we start with Lombardia? Can we start with Lombardia? Yeah, because we can. It was the only race that I watched. I didn't. I didn't watch any. Oh, I didn't of the watch any race apart from that. <laughs> okay, he was racing himself. He <laughs> was a half marathon. You were racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, Lombardia was a bit of a. It, uh, what? So after the last climb, Ned, if, what? What? How did it unfold? Who was there? Can you do a little commentary bit? Mm. Um. Well. I think on the penultimate, I think, I might get this wrong, but I think on the penultimate climb. Oh, a little commentary yeah, bit. Into the yeah, or last climb. or. Okay, all right. This might be wildly I inaccurate because so. I wasn't, you know. Mm. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there's two climbs left in, in the, the last monument of the season. It's the Race of the Falling <laughs> Leaves, Lombardia on the banks of Lake Como. <laughs> You're um, too talented. UE Team Emirates have been setting the pace all the while. Look at that strength and depth they've got. Six riders on the front. They're really trying to dictate the terms here and prevent anyone from trying to attack off the pace. Setting the pace. But it's only a matter of time, I think, before today Pogaccia unleashes his big attack. And two climbs from home. There he goes. The big attack com comes from Pogaccia. Who can react? Jonas Vingegaard, the winner of the Tour de France last year. He's already in trouble. There's no sign of Julien Alaphilippe. Quick step, Alpha Vinyl. They're out of the equational but look at Enric Mass from Movistar look at him he's glued to the wheel of Pogaccia Pogaccia looks round he might be surprised to see that Enric Mass is still there on to the final climb they go and um who is it oh Landa Landa Mika Landa where's that form come from he's managed to bridge across to the three of them but he knows that they can't they're going to outclimb him on the final climb Mass accelerates. Mass attacks Pogaccia, and briefly Pogaccia is under pressure. But over the top, they've dropped Henrik Mass. That's the podium. It's between the three of them. Coming to the line, though, as the road flattens out towards the line, Mass has a problem. Pogaccia is going to outsprint him nine times out of ten and outsprints him to the line. But, I mean, like, great win from Pogaccia. Back to back Lombardiers. Mm. But Henrik Mass. Like yeah. everything he did at the Vuelta really and then well, that display. And briefly, on the final climb, on the final climb of Lombardia, he genuinely had Pogaccio on the ropes. Just huh. briefly. There wasn't quite enough mountain left mm. for him to actually maybe go again and see if mm. he can get a bit of a gap. Yeah. But it just looked like Pogaccio was right on the limit there. Mm. And that was like revealing in, in a couple of ways, wasn't it? One... Pogaccia's vulnerability that he's shown mm. us for the first time this year. I mean, that's a really weird word mm. to use, isn't it? When he's done everything that he's done this year. Okay. But on the other yeah. hand, Mass has come on. Enric Mass has come on absolute leaps and bounds. This is why I love Lombardia. An exception because you get like really inconsistent riders like me and Mikael Lander mm. who just turn up and have a good day, and it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Also, yeah. How did, how did you go in, Pete? How did you go in London? Is there a thing that I, I think I was like twenty fifth once. Um, yeah, okay. Kenny I Kenny Ellison lost the wheel it. on the descent, like the last, like the second to last descent, and we're about twenty k to go, and it was just gone. Yeah, I was fuming. Okay. Can I? Can I just say? Angry Pete. I <laughs> Peloton <yeah>. Pete. <laughs> the word on the street is that Pogacar is super chilled at the moment. Yeah, in the sense that he was he was having some fun in Canada, kind of even surprised himself that he won. Kind of, I don't think, 
I think he's he's basically he's not even focused. I think at the he's, moment. he's just winning. Yeah, this it, is off season. Off season yeah. It's off season. Pogaccio. It's what it does for he's a just break. Fun. Just goes and wins yeah. Lombardia. Yeah. It's, I think you're right. It's, it, I think you're genuinely, right. I think this is actually what it is. He's kind of yeah. in. He was in Canada having fun, hanging out, chilled out. One Quebec. Uh, was it Quebec? Having some Poutine in the evenings. Yeah, having some fun in the evening, and then kind of comes to Lombardia, just wins it. Poutine is chips, I mean, cheese, and gravy. Such a by the way. Yeah. Yeah. anyone who doesn't know that's terrifying yeah. it's it? terrifying but I think that's such so te- when we were, we were discussing the last pod finger gore and he got third, second or third in the crow tour whatever that is um, <laughs> but uh, uh, no <laughs> but oh no wait well, oh, David David on the crow tour on the crow <laughs> on the crow tour whatever that is I like, can't be saying that whatever that is it's <laughs> a bit to, to, uh, to, uh, to no, you won't be getting invited no, no, there anytime soon David good. no way. I'm sorry, no, Oscar's it dad. <laughs> it's a good. Well, it was Oscar in it. Oh. Yeah, he got second. Oh, oh, oh it's Oscar in it. No, that was fired. <laughs> no, 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 he got two oh. seconds, didn't he? he got two yeah, seconds. Yeah, he's got a long way, yeah, to, a long way to go, though, hasn't he? Think, you know, big step up. He from ran Vingegaard close. Yeah, but he's on his yeah. off. He hasn't raced in two months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. hey, hey <laughs> Pete, yeah, friend of the pod, and um, Oscar's friend dad. Of ours. No, he's not a friend of yours, so it can't be him. No, the GP, let me get this right, the Memorial Rick Van Steenbergen, Steenbergen. Want us to organise a race? Mark Cavendish. Mark Cavendish got second. Deuxième place, Mark Cavendish. Deuxième. Deuxième. Tim Mellier, Cavendish, Groenewegen. Yeah. That's not bad. No, he's motivated. Who else was on that in that race, David? Yeah. Have you got the results in front of yeah. you? Yeah. Like, it, apart from Grunewagen, any other sprinters there? Just look now. Um, yeah, you've got, well, I don't know, Cedric Bullens, Christoph, nope. Uh, Piet okay, Allegart, okay. no. Not so bad after there. a holiday right, so in New York. Gr- but he, yeah. Podcasting and then. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast cover. No, true. With, uh, with yeah, no, that's, uh, no, that was good. Do you know what nice. I thought about Still the other day, Ned? So we had Cav lined yeah. up for our podcast. He said he was going to be home on Tuesday after this Belgian race, the one that Blythe won, Binch B. Yeah. Binch or something. Yeah. Um, we were all excited yeah. about it. And then he said he had another race to do, and then he was just on the Move podcast. I was like, are you joking? Yeah, that's not cool. It clicked. No. I was like... That's not cool. Yeah, but... He's not welcome back, by the way. No, oh, he definitely is. Oh, no, of course he is. No, he is. He is. <laughs> no, there, there might be... Um, <laughs> of course he is. We need I him. I think... <laughs> I think one of the key differences there is the fact that I think he might have been paid by the move. Do you think? Potentially. And put up in really nice hotels rather than just you saying, can you come around to my kitchen? So that's, what, that's the angle we need to go for. Mm. What, the financial inducement? I think it might be. It might well, be I'll ask him. I'll, I'll message him and find out. Message yeah. him. Yeah. Nah, lad. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't even know. Yeah, but David, that's pretty decent, isn't it? That's pretty I, decent. I, I like impressed. just a casually knocking out a... A second well, place so it's reminding me of Pogacar. Not just kind of, you know, the great champions can just knock out results. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. it's just what they do. I mean, he's def he is definitely yeah. going to beat the Merckx. He record, is. He absolutely is. He definitely will. I mean, <laughs> there's no way he won't. I mean, why <laughs> why would he keep going unless he was going to do it? It's the only reason, isn't it? Apart from the yeah. fact that he, it like it, it's his whole life and he wouldn't have no clue what to do when he's not <laughs> racing. But I mean. That's the one motivation that's keeping going. And he will do it, Ned, won't he? Of course he will. You're right. Yeah. You're not yep. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Also yep. for well, Netflix, it'll be amazing. And B and B hotels are gonna skyrocket when that happens. Everyone is that will official? Yeah. I still haven't I've missed it. Uh, it's not official. official. No, nah, I don't think it is. 
No. But can you? Yeah. Have you got any kind of scoop on it, Pete? Because my scoop like, is like he gave an he gave an interview after that that race in Belgium where he said it's still, my future's still uncertain. Nothing's inked yet. Well, so. they've got the new sponsor, yeah. haven't they? Which is like a holding company for loads of different. I mean, there's fashion brands, there's hotels. Do you know what it is, David? He did tell me, Don't but know, I can't as long remember. as it's not Bitcoin, it's safe. Um, you know. And uh, what's that art thing? Digital art. Oh, NFTs. Jesus He's dead Christ, into that that's well, not good either. That's like, uh, that's and then, proper, um, not good. Yeah. But, no. uh, yeah, I, I think, I reckon, I'd put my money on that, to be honest. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, like, we can't not really, like, talking about not good sponsorship. Look, we, we need to talk about the gravel race. Yes. We definitely need yes. to talk about the gravel yeah. race. We'll come to that. But, but just while we're talking about not good sponsorship, it's not great that British Cycling have just signed with Shell, is it? British you, Cycling? Have you seen that? You you were on the plane, Pete. So I think that kind of landed. Seen that I haven't seen that. How did British yeah, like sign people? So taking over from H taking H over from HSBC, they've signed oh, sorry, a sponsorship, sponsorship deal, a multi-year sponsorship deal. Thought you meant Michelle deal a with person. Shell. Oh, Shell. No, I thought it was. I thought Rochelle. 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 Rochelle Gilmore. Shell. Shell. No, not Rochelle Gilmore. Shell. Podium Shell coach. Oil. Shell. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you can take that in two ways, Ned. Is that you could also say. <coughs> HSBC and banking are kind of not. Do you as know what? Anyone with that much money anybody. is corrupt. So yeah. let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, but yeah, I think I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't. Who isn't corrupt not, of, I, with listen, multi-million? David, pounds you've got a really money. good point. So yeah, yeah. You, you both got really good points. So I wouldn't deny yeah. them at all, either of them, because you know I've I've got a pension fund, and God knows what that is invested in. Yeah, you know, don't think about it, Ned. He won't. Yeah, won't sleep at night. But but. But hang on, there are there are certain kind of considerate. You know, this isn't just a trade team that like yeah, uh, you're right. Decides to you know, this isn't the Ineos Grenadiers. I mean, I don't think it's to be honest, David. And I know your mm. sister's involved with them. I I don't like Ineos mm. Grenadier yeah. as, a, as a as a brand, right? Mm. I think it. I don't think four by fours need to exist mm. in the world. I think they're just a terrible invention. I'm looking forward. So to I'm, I'm not going to celebrate that, right? Go. You can't possibly comment and don't pass it on to your sister, right? <laughs> but that's just my that's my personal yeah. opinion. That's good. Um, equally, right? Shell is clearly a company that is absolutely still invested in so Ned, massive amounts. Just of to clarify, yeah. that's what the guys who own the 4x4s have to put into them to drive around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there are other reasons. This is a, this, I mean, these two brands are an absolute no-go for you, aren't they? <laughs> they're not, they're not, the they're, not my first, they're not my first position. They're not my first position. They're not my first position. In order to drive them around, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Pete. They're not. They're not what I'd go to as my first port of call. But what worries me about this? Look, I mean, maybe, you? maybe it doesn't. Maybe, maybe it goes without saying that um, Shell strikes me as a terrible partner in terms of PR mm. for British cycling. Right? I think. I think it's a terrible choice for British cycling. What? Well, because I, I think it's. I think it's honestly. I think it's greenwashing, and I think it's transparent greenwashing, and I don't trust Shell. Mm at all in their in their kind of net zero ambitions and i think there's good evidence to suggest that all of this is just you know they're just paying lip service to it and actually they're just trying to soften their image by associating themselves with british cycling right i think that's true but what really worries me from a cycling perspective is that i don't i think british cycling would be completely aware of all of this but what worries me is that they won't have had much choice like it's not like there are big corporations any longer coming to British Cycling and saying, we'll take it on. We'll come and partner with you. In fact, like there's an auction, you know, 
In fact, I wonder how many other big corporations were willing to put those millions in, and British Cycling might have left with, been left with no choice other than to go, all right, we'll shake hands with Shell, which is, I think, far from ideal. Yeah, I think well, it just sums British Cycling up Can I, can I counterpoint now? it? Can I yeah. counterpoint it? Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, I completely get that, but I also think that for every story. Yeah, there is, and if you look at, like, BP, Shell, if you... Uh, and let's even go Ineos, all those companies, there is no way there are any other companies, corporations big enough to m make change than them. So if, know. you know, you've had kind of like, okay, you had Enron in the past and you've had some real, there's been some real dirty stuff and I don't know anything about Shell or BP or, or the biggest cigarette companies or the biggest alcohol companies, but if you were to perhaps say that they were seeing a sea of change, and the sea of change is the future has to be cleaner energy, then the only people who have the resources to do it are the people who have the resources now from the, the kind of the old companies, let's say. They, they can do it. No one else is going to do that. I was looking at this recently. This is really interesting, actually. And you look at um, Tesla and everyone talks. If you think about Tesla, amazing. And it talks about the batteries. But where does the energy come to, to fuel those batteries? Now, the battery is getting better. But if you wanted to charge your Tesla up to do every day's driving, you need 13 solar panels on your roof mm. just for yeah. your car. And just to get it, just to leave the kind of garage and do one day's driving, an average driving. That's a lot of resources. But I guess mm. my point being is, Ned, I'm with you 100%, but I also think in my idealistic, positive, half glassful state of mind, if Shell decided to go into hydrogen, if they decided to go, and Ineos decided to go into hydrogen, they could. If they wanted to yeah. like move into electricity and kind of start moving into the health, they're the only companies that will be able to do it. It's not going to be um, the hippies trying to do it. You know, well, I'm not sure about well, the word hippies. In you know what? Context. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm just, I'm just being but extreme there. But kind of, you know, yeah, it was very. That was a very extreme point. Yeah. As far as um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, British Cycling yeah. have never had cleaner kit than when they were sponsored by Purcell. So, nice, 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 nice. Anyway, but I think it's a honestly, it's a conversation we shouldn't have shied away from. Um, yeah. I think you no, and you're I right. probably have a slightly different take on it. But yeah. No, no, I, I mean, I agree, and I think it has to be handled really well, but it has to be done. They have to have a reason why they're doing it, and there has to be hydrogen power or but some clean energy that they're doing it for. Yeah, it's but it's part of... It, yeah. Okay, I think it's part of a whole PR exercise that I think is absolutely mm. thin mm. as rice paper, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Anyway, um, gravel racing, what do we think about that? I didn't watch any of the gravel world championships, uh, but I have, just I, written, I have just written a paragraph about why we aren't going to include... <laughs> gravel racing in the road book do you want, do you want me to read it to you yes yeah. please just to say it's only a little thing but um i had to think well why well, you know what was my thinking here so i i wrote this uh where, where is it where is it where is it um i can think of many oh, reasons we'll find not it, to sorry. include it in the road book but if you've got a you know a good one <laughs> yeah because we have no it's quite weird because we decided well, to include starters here we go we did we decided <laughs> yeah, last year to one, include cycle the road book which no, but no last gravel. year we decided to include cyclocross. Okay? What happens so on gravel stays I wrote on this. gravel. I wrote this. One final experiment from the UCI was the first ever World Gravel Championship won by Gianni Fermersch in a race held in Veneto. It was always good to see ci it's always good to see cycling broadened out to include more disciplines, widening the, uh, the appeal of the sport in general. Whether the burgeoning gravel scene has a place in the roadbook is a matter for discussion. 
A year ago, we decided to include cyclocross, since it seemed increasingly to have a bearing on the way tactics of road races were being conducted. The same cannot be said, in my judgment, of gravel races. Indeed, the World Championship race was dominated by road racers rather than actual gravel specialists. And while that seems to be the case, we will not yet bring this specialism into the fold of the roadbook, though we will continue to keep this position under review. Is that, That's is correct. that fair? That seems very fair. I think, and I think yesterday's, so it's only yesterday, the, the race, I think it's, it was a prime example of in, there's a lot more reviewing needing to be done because the course wasn't right, the way they brought in World Tour riders and then there's controversy regards their grid ranking, kind of all these World Tour riders who hadn't done any of the qualification races turn up and then all these people kind of then, they kind of got overranked and I don't know, I think it was a bit chaotic and then watching it on yeah. TV, it was so boring. I think it's got out of hand. That seems to, <laughs> yeah. that seems to be the bottom line. It just got a bit. It's, it looked like a dull race, right? Like from all all I yeah. gather, it was it was a bit dull. Yeah, yeah. It's just got out. It was got just out of hand. Was uh, the best. The, the best thing about the whole gravel scene is partly why it's became such a thing is because sponsors like Specialized, for example. Um, even though I work for a team who is sponsored by Specialized, so I probably wouldn't say this. I'll put money into it into riders because they want to sell gravel bikes essentially and that's why it's developed the way it has yeah. done <laughs> and the best the best yeah. thing about yeah. it was Vanderpol races on a road bike that. and it's I like it. <laughs> it, it completely <laughs> contradicts why this sport even exists you know <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I, makes Pete, no sense I, I, I it's just a road race up. it's like I wish it turned up with a road bike with <laughs> caliper brakes kind of that's caliper <laughs> road bike um, yeah. gonna ride 28 mils this is gonna be fine <laughs> it's like I bet, I, got I bet no gravel sections were, wor were, were any worse than some of the sections in Strada Bianchi oh, not a yeah. chance no didn't look it or indeed or indeed the, I think the same day or the next day Paris Tour yeah like featured long gravel sections didn't yeah. it and that's just an yeah. old established road race with a bit but of a but this is what yeah. I was saying in our last pod I think it's just it's stuck in the middle of the kind of and I, I used the term middle sibling or something just it's stuck between kind of road racing and mountain biking and David is it is it entirely driven by the, the bike brands wanting to create a new bike yes, that they can absolutely. sell absolutely yeah. is that it yeah, yeah. is that Completely. all it is, it is. 100% yeah, okay well it's there we go then. 100%. It's, um, it's big mountain biking as a, one of my favourite podcasts cycling fashion we would call it. it's big mountain biking trying to get into road it's ridiculous kind of, yeah, we can safely say we're not getting a gravel sponsor anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> or shell. Yeah, or shell. shell, shell knocking shell. Hey, hey, but if you <laughs> or if, if you want your road if you want your road tarmacked, where your people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried to keep the door open for petrochem chemicals, but I'm not sure if my, my argument was as good as Ned's. So <laughs> and gravel's now out. Oh so. well we're done. We're the, the big the big money's not coming like <laughs> no, it, it really isn't. <laughs> and then it there really was, uh, and I think lastly, but I think there is another to doff our hat to, to Pauline Prévost and her. Oh yeah, my God, four categories world champions yeah. in one year. That's yeah, insane. that's pretty insane, isn't it? Yeah. What she won, David? So Cyclocross, road, mountain bike, gravel. Okay. Yeah, she won all four well, rainbows. Yeah. Yeah. If we're including yeah. gravel, well, she didn't, she didn't win the road race, did she? Because yeah. that was Van Fluten. So there's anyway, but, but yeah, yeah, she's, track yeah, she's been doing it for I years. She's put, been doing it for yeah. Yeah. Gravel doesn't count yeah. either. So uh, yeah, because it was Van Fluten. Like yeah. Basically two, but he did well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did well. yeah. 
No, she yeah, got okay. We're quite dismissive of. And then uh, I think also, and I think of course we should doff our hats to Valverde and Nibali. Uh, oh yeah. their careers at Lombardia. The shark. Mm, the yeah. shark. And, and the other guy. And, and the, the Green Valley. The Valverde never had a nickname, did he? The Green Valley. No. Did he? No, he was no. Valverde. He didn't need a nickname. I mean, he was no, just... No, not of a name like that. That's well, another I mean, thing post it, it, the tour conversation, Ned, wasn't it, yeah. David? When we had that mm. conversation about um, strong names and is it dictated by what you've done in your career that you mm. be- that name becomes strong or whether it's just when you're born, it's just a strong name? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember well, what names we came Pete, up with, but... Pete, like, how strong in the history of the sport of road racing ultimately will Jonas Vingegaard be like mm. how strong a name is that it's not you know is, is it right up there with Eddie Merckx no it's is it even as str- is it even as strong as Remco Evenepoel mm, no sure it's, it a, it's a lowly rated name I would say not yeah. not by his results by the fact that his mum and dad called him Jonas and <laughs> their surname's <laughs> Vinegar well anyway we could and thank you Pete. so I think Ned you've d- we, we came up with this concept for the next few podcasts because Racing Stop is that you and yeah, your yeah. Pete, no, Pete doesn't know about this yet because yeah. Pete's involved in this concept. Yeah. So and so are you. So yeah, yeah but yeah. we'll kick it off today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the concept is Pete. Um, over the last couple of days, I've done a bit of a travel log mm-hmm. about my journey. Oh yeah, right. That we're going to play this play this podcast out with. But I'm not the only one doing you know kind of random crazy stuff. David, you're about to go up into the Pyrenees, aren't you? Yeah. So Lachlan Morton and I are going to go do one of our getaways on Thursday evening and go to a refuge and, and hang out so we'll we'll record a bit there and so we'll just get our travels our independent travels you and, and Talia Ned doing his show around the UK and, and me doing my random stuff and we'll just do snippets yeah. and we can put them into our next pod to fill the gaps of racing and, and chat that we don't have yeah. yeah, and Pete, that, so that involves you you and Tim, maybe, your brother, who's there with you, yeah. doing a little bit of a, a travelogue sec. And also, you've got to go to Termesos. Oh, okay? you have to go you, to Termesos. How long are you there for? Um, are you there for a week? I'm there for a week, but we've, all, we've also got the four kids, so it'll be limited. Take the kids. Take really? The kids. Is it that good? Oh, my God. Blow you their minds. There, it will be the most They'll never forget thing. it. What kind of content do you want from Tim and my family? Good content. Just good Okay. Good content, but okay. it, you know the, the f- it's entirely up to you. It's not 360. Don't get don't get wound up in 360 Pete's. I don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Don't, don't, it. No. don't, don't overthink it. it. All right, guys. All right. All right. Pete, have a lovely time in Antalya. I'm Will very do. jealous. Yeah. Yeah. David, enjoy your bookshelves Woody. and enjoy your your trip up to um, the Pyrenees. Good luck with the rest of your shows, Ned. All right. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Um. So See this it. this guys this guys is what's been happening to me after the last. A uh, couple of days. I'm sitting in the railway station, got a ticket for my destination. So, it's day two of my national tour, and I've crossed from uh, Devon into Cornwall, and I'm just I'm walking through right now, underneath the uh, I think it's the west, the west gate of. What used to be, well, what still is, but it's in a slightly ruined state, uh, Launceston Castle in Launceston in Cornwall. And I'm just passing um, this prison keep. Wow. Nicknamed Doomsdale. It's just a little gloomy, high-vaulted room just to the west of this uh, 13th century, David, uh, gate at Launceston. And 
in this in this old keep, many many people were imprisoned, including um, the founder of the Quakers, Mr. George Fox. In 1656, he was imprisoned in the lower western room here. And it says here, there's a little bit of information on the wall, enduring the stench of urine and excrement left by the room's previous inmates, pelted with further excrement by the jailer above. The place was, he wrote, so noisome that few that went in did ever come out again in health. And the word noisome, apparently, doesn't have anything to do with noise. It means smelly didn't know that so it's not a word i've ever used before and not a word i don't think that we can too readily include in in the petasaurus because i don't really see how it uh applies to road racing anyway as i say it's day two of my national tour it was i was in plymouth in uh, devon last night which is a place i know very well pretty much sold out gig to get it going on a saturday night and i really enjoyed myself it was great fun um, and uh, and it's one to one down, 27 to go. But this, um, to get from Plymouth to Launceston, where I am now in, in Cornwall, was very doable by bike. So I rode um, Chapter 3 Brompton, David, the most update, updated version. I don't know which year it is that I've got uh, in my armoury of Chapter 3 Bromptons. Actually, many of which I've passed on to uh, various friends or given away because... There's no need to have four Chapter 3 Bromptons in my life, as good as they are. Anyway, I digress. Um, I rode, um, yeah, I rode up this brilliant uh, cycle route out of Plymouth up the River Plym into Dartmoor, um, which used to be, I think most of it used to be a railway line before Mr Beeching cut all the regional railway lines in the 60s. And um, occasionally you get this kind of, you know, the very first Sustrans route in the country was, uh, was from Bath to Bristol along an old disused railway line that was the first one and th- this one is similar it's kind of a l- slender little tarmac track but it goes up because it was a railway line the gradient is very very forgiving for Dartmoor so it just gently rises out of Plymouth um, for mile after mile after mile it's quite windy here where I am um, for mile after mile and uh, it was beautiful I loved it I loved it and I got caught up in this big participation ride called the the tour of the moors or the tour of the moor I think it's called loads of little kids <laughs> like little, tiny little ones, like four or five year olds. Um, uh, it was mayhem, <laughs> it was carnage. They were all crashing and kind of howling with pain and getting gravel in their palms or their hands and kind of, but anyway, um, uh, good on them. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was lovely to see. So I had a kind of, then I kind of got off onto the main road between Tavistock and Launceston and then it turned into the usual hell that riding through the southwest of England is in the terms of it's very beautiful, but so hard. And I was quite glad when I got to Launceston which is a nice place. And uh, yeah, I've just just had a lunch. Really unusual lunch, it's got to be said. It was, um, it was a tuna melt, but it, the, the guy who wrote, I was kind of sitting right on my own, sitting opposite the kitchen, so I could kind of get a vibe for who's in charge in the kitchens. And he's kind of like bossing around the serving staff as well a bit, so I think it's his gaff. This guy's clearly kind of got ambitions a little bit to be master chef material. So he's slightly overcomplicated the tuna melt served it instead of on kind of toast on it on this focaccia bread that was a little bit soggy um and served it with a, a little side order of spicy hummus it's a bit random um, but the most random thing of all was that he put um kind of like wedged into the top of the, the melted cheese on top of the tuna melt he put um three prawn crackers <laughs> 
I didn't see that one coming. Anyway, I've got a few hours uh, before the curtain goes up at Launceston Town Hall. Uh, it's a Sunday night. It's going to be tough. And um, Saturday night in Plymouth was sold out. I don't think. I don't think tonight's show is going to be sold out particularly. Just, just got the feeling. Gonna head back to the hotel now. Get my head down for a little bit, I think, because, um, you know, bike ride. <laughs> I've got to be on it in the evening. So, um, love the hotel. It's a, it's a little one-off establishment. Beautiful old Georgian building. A little bit run down, but in a nice way. In a nice way. I won't name it because I've just given it a little bit of a rundown type review. But um, but a really, it's one of those kind of you could only be in England. and Maybe even over in the southwest of England kind of places. Slightly faded elegance, but but it's a Sunday today, and um, the it, whole hotel is full at the bottom. They've got a restaurant, and uh, local families, three generations of kind of local families, dressed up a little bit as well, coming for Sunday lunch. You know, so the whole hotel smells of roast potatoes and Yorkshire puddings and gravy and stuff, and uh, it's quite nostalgic actually. It's kind of a homely, nice, warm positive feeling and I wish I'd had a roast at the hotel rather than my random tuna melt if I'm perfectly honest. So it's a quarter of an hour to go until the uh, curtain goes up. The, the, the show begins about 7.15 here in uh, the Town Hall in Launceston, which is a beautiful old building. It's not a theatre, which is uh, always quite challenging, uh, but it's a beautiful old building. And um, Reese, my tour manager, has been setting up the lights and the set and everything. All It's a very technical show all day. Uh, well, I say all day, since midday. And he's been at it seven hours. He's just popped out to get a sandwich. And I'm just hoping that he's back in 10 minutes because we're going to start the show. Um, yeah. I'm all on my own in a little dressing room. Locked down, basically. Have been for the last half an hour. Pacing up and down. Well, last night was uh, a load of fun in the end, a load of fun. And my my fears that it might not be uh, particularly well attended on a Sunday night in the middle of Cornwall were ill-founded, uh, which is great. I, I looked out into the darkness and couldn't see that many empty seats, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it was good fun and a very warm and lovely crowd. But today, I've had a day off on day three, um, before a run of sort of back-to-back performances kick in tomorrow. So um, tomorrow I'm in Poole in Dorset, at the Lighthouse Theatre, um, which apparently is very nice. I've never been there before. And um, it's a couple of hours' drive from where I am, so I couldn't really get back to London and then back down to Dorset. Didn't really seem much point in that, so I've stayed over in the West Country. I'm in... um, I'm in Exeter, actually, which is... A uh, place I know pretty well as well, and it's glorious sunshine, and I've just been um, chilling, reading a book down by the, the quayside. Sun's just dipping down now, and uh, just a little bit of a chill in the air, but it's been uh, it's been lovely warm weather. It's been really nice, actually. 
And I popped in um, to Exeter Cathedral on my way down to the quayside, which is one of those cathedrals that I've often looked at from the outside and thought, that's amazing, because it's completely identifiable. It's just very, very different looking. It's got acres and acres of, um, of stained glass and very kind of light-coloured stone. Um, it's got, it, I'm not doing a great job of describing it, but it's, it's completely unique, and it's one of those English cathedrals that's surrounded by a cathedral green. But it's also one of those cathedrals where you have to pay to get in. <laughs> so I've always kind of hesitated and really kind of wondered about that and questioned it. But I put my hand in my pocket this time, forked out the £7.50, and I'm pretty pleased I did, David. <clears throat> and Pete. don't know why I'm excluding Pete from this conversation. Um, primarily because I just wanted to say, David, it was they started to build it in the 11th century, which you and I know is a century too early for most cathedrals. So it was a Romanesque um, cathedral initially, and then in the um, 13th and 14th centuries, it was completely sort of refitted inside to become this Gothic masterpiece. And it's got the, the longest continuous vaulted ceiling in the world. Um, and it's just, you walk in and it's just, just soaring stonework, elegant stonework all the way up to the top of the nave. And it's beautiful got great big rose uh, um, what do you call it uh, stained glass window at the what is it the the west on the west uh, facade I think that's right certainly the sun was streaming in through it and I went there fairly late on in the afternoon so yeah it must be the west west facade and it's got lots and lots and lots of uh, tombs variously to soldiers from the 19th century and then going back through the centuries to knights and crusaders oh, it's ancient isn't it and uh, and in the most prominent positions dead bishops of Exeter Cathedral going back through the centuries there's a lot of death memorialised in Christianity full stop stop but in Exeter Cathedral in particular a lot of death and then just on my way out I, I just um, popped up to where the Bible was laid out on a um, on the lectern um, ahead of uh, presumably a reading in the Lady Chapel at the back of the of the cathedral, and uh, it, the, it was actually it was actually a page that was open from Exodus where God is uh, instructing Moses on how to order the world. When a slave owner strikes a male or female slave with a rod, and the slave dies immediately, the owner shall be punished. But if the slave survives for a day or two, there is no punishment. For the slave is the owner's property. That's verse 20. <clears throat> verse 22. When people who are fighting injure a pregnant woman so that there is a miscarriage, and yet no further harm follows, the one responsible shall be fined what the woman's husband demands, paying as much as the judges determine. If any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, Wound for wound, stripe for stripe. They were different days, weren't they? Simpler days in many ways. Yeah, back to the Ritz Ordinette tomorrow in Poole in Dorset. Mm -hmm.